Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. Listen, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, we have actually a very, very special day tomorrow at Super Talk. Steve Azar is going to be on, and there's going to be Christmas music all day long. Uh, Steve is the music and cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi and also has In a Mississippi Minute here on the Super Talk Network. And he and he's also just a very close friend of mine. He uh, he, he wrote the what will what I will what I hope will be the new Mississippi song for the state of Mississippi, One Mississippi, which is the theme song for my outdoor show, Super Talk uh, Outdoors. What a great guy. So tune in tomorrow. Today we actually have a very special guest after we go through the conversation with Jeff Duncan talking about the Saints. David Delk's going to join us. He is going to have a special guest with him. We're going to play a little bit of live uh, uh, Christmas music. So stand by for the second half and enjoy that part as we sort of wind down this year and get ready for uh, you know the time between Christmas and New Year's. Anyway, Merry Christmas to you. We appreciate you joining us on the Super Talk Network. Now let's move to my friend Jeff Duncan. He is the he's covered the Saints longer than anyone else. He is uh, a reporter and a columnist for NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. He joins us every Friday, but today, of course, it's Thursday because of the Steve Azar special holiday edition tomorrow on Supertalk. So uh, without any further ado, let me welcome my friend Jeff Duncan to uh, Coast View. How you doing, buddy? Ricky, I'm doing great. Happy holidays to everyone out there and to you and uh, Kyle. And uh, looking forward to uh, a great Christmas break and then uh, getting back into some football next week. I know you are. Listen, buddy, that, I mean, I've been reading all week long. You know, you and I have talked about this before. When the Saints lose, you really don't want to, you really don't want to read much about them. But this season, I've actually wanted to read about them because there's been so many, you know, personnel moves and injuries and the COVID issues and all this stuff. You want to keep up with that. But this week, because of that incredible win against Tampa, Boy, they have been really sort of the the talk of the of the United States and the NFL world this week, haven't they? Yeah, that was a shocking performance. I mean, I, I have to admit, I usually have my finger on the pulse of this team pretty well. I did not see that coming. I thought they could play them tough, maybe give them a, a really uh, you know competitive game. I didn't think they could shut them out, uh, completely dominate them the way they did defensively. I just felt like at some point. Tampa Bay was going to be tired of hearing about this and really come to play. And I, I think they did, Ricky, and they just they don't match up well with the Saints. It's pretty safe to say at this point the Saints kind of have their number. The Saints are not intimidated at all. And if anything, I think Tampa Bay now is intimidated by the Saints. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I really think you have to give a lot of credit, not only the players defensively with how they executed, but you have to give credit to the Saints coaching staff. I mean – Tampa Bay just had no answers for what the Saints were doing. And uh, I think it's pretty clear it's a decided mismatch when these two teams play between the two coaching staffs. There's a lot to break down. There really is. But one of the things, again, if you if you do not read NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, sign up for their Saints newsletter. You'll be really glad you did. No one covers the Saints 
like that team. They're incredible. But not until I read what your team had to write about it, uh, Jeff, What uh, that the Saints have only had the 11 starters in two games this year, and both of those games happened to be Tampa. Yeah. I mean, they. I mean, we've not had all the pieces together. And you, you think about, it, for example, C.J. Gardner Johnson getting him back you know, a couple of weeks ago, and then having him back this past week. What he brings to the table, I mean, just in terms of trash talk and 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 accelerated play and excitement. I mean, listen, it was great to watch him in action this this past week, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, the, their, their little nickname the team has on defense is the Juice Boys. And I think that starts with C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Quan Alexander. Those guys bring the energy. They're both playing lights out right now. And that's probably the best game of the season for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's had kind of an up-and-down year. But he came to play on Sunday night, and he was a difference maker. I thought all three levels of the defense performed. But it really – the Saints' ability to shut down Tampa Bay starts with one thing. It starts with their front four being able to pressure Brady without having to blitz. I mean, it comes. To, it's that simple. There's not very many teams that can do that. If you remember, Ricky, I think Chris Collinsworth brought this up on the broadcast that the, that the New York Giants did that in the Super Bowl against the Patriots years ago when they upset the Patriots. When the, I think the Patriots were 17-0 and 0 that year. Uh, they were able to with Justin Tuck and Michael Strahan and O.C. Omanuri to get pressure and, and get in Brady's head without having to blitz. That's really how you beat Tom Brady and this Bucks team. It's how you beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. It's hard to do, though, and we haven't seen that from the Saints defensive line very much this year, but we finally got to see Davenport, Onyemata, and, and uh, Cam Jordan all in the field together, and it really made a difference. It was incredible, and you know, speaking of Chris Collinsworth, listening to the way that team called the uh, the the game, they they realized during during the the their you know the broadcast that they were in some kind of special moment, and as yep. and as as the game went on, their amazement for what they were observing from a defensive point of view continued to kind of ramp up, but they were blown away with with I mean, this probably one of the best defensive performances by any team this year. No, it's probably one of the – I was talking to some sports historians, Saints historians, the last 24 hours, picking their brains about where this performance ranks in Saints history. It's it's definitely one of the top five. Uh, you know, there's been some great Dome Patrol performances where they shut down Joe Montana and Steve Young, those great 49ers offenses. Uh, there was another game where they, where they shut down Eric Dickerson, who, if you remember, ran for 2,000 yards one year. And the Saints let, allowed him only 50 yards and won the game like six to nothing or something. You know, the, there's been some great performances, but that certainly ranks up there. And it obviously helped that Fournette went out and, and their key playmakers went out. There's no doubt that that, that that contributed to the cause. But even when they were in there early on, the Saints were giving them problems. But I think it helped in some ways that the Saints could manage that game. Once they saw those playmakers go out, I think Dennis Allen really could lean into his defense and be very conservative on offense. They just weren't going to mess up on offense and allow Tampa an easy score. It was really smart the way they managed that game. Yeah, I saw where Godwin actually has an MCL and an ACL. 
And then, but if you look at each of the injuries, let's just, you know, not that injuries are important to the game. In this case, they were very important to the game. I, you don't want anybody to get injured. But in every, all three cases, it's because the Saints defense was playing so hard. They were pressing so hard. And that's, you know, they got, they, the, the, each of those players ended up getting caught up in the gyration of the speed of the game. And that's why they got injured. But it was yeah. incredible. Let's oh. come back to see. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I thought that was as physical as the Saints have played. And you could just see early on their body language. You, you know, there was a sense of urgency and an intensity to them. Now, for me, watching it, I was not only impressed, but I was also kind of befuddled a little bit. Like, where's that been all year? Uh, you know, you and I have talked about this on the, on the program. They can't show up for Tampa every year, every week, and then lay down against the Giants and the Falcons. That's what's caused this team to be where it's at right now. If they played with that intensity on defense every week, uh, they wouldn't be in the position they're in right now. And I think that's what's got to carry over from this game. They've got to play with that level of intensity. There's no margin for error left. And let's see if they can, if they can follow it up. But, Jeff, that's actually coming back to our producer, Kyle Curley, Kyle has said that since about two or three games in, that the Saints tend to play up, up or down to their competition. They can't maintain that level of intensity, and Kyle's been very consistent about that. So he said, you know, basically after watching how they played against Tampa, he just said they played to the competition. Let's see what happens next week, and they, you know, we'll get we'll get to we'll get to this week's game here in just a second. But let's go come back to C.J. Gardner Johnson. He really was able to get inside Tom Brady's head, wasn't he? Yeah, he's like a professional troll, you know. <laughs> I referenced this week, I did a commentary for WVU in town. I said he's their evil elf on the buck shelf. You know, he's <laughs> he's that that little guy that gets in your head. And he, he's the guy, you, we all had one in school, like a classmate that was always just a, a, a troll and pestered with you. That's C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but he can back it up. And I think that's what's important. Uh, you know, you don't poke the bear unless you're ready to fight the bear. And he's ready. He's not going to back down. I think he and some of the other players, they have that confidence that I think is infectious on the team. And they come in there in, a, in an environment like that. You have to play that way. You can't be intimidated. And it's pretty clear the Saints feel like they match up so well with Tampa. They're not worried at all about it. And, and that game, at some point in the third quarter, you talked about the broadcast crew. I felt like... I could, I could tell my colleague, Rod Walker, we were talking about what we were going to write, and I said, Rod, this thing didn't turn around. This is the way it's going to be. You can just see Tampa has no answer. Yeah, the broadcast crew gave up on him with still several minutes left in the game where usually you would have thought, well, okay, this is time for Brady heroics. That wasn't coming, and they certainly didn't even give an inkling of a chance that that was going to come based on the way they were dealing with it from a broadcasting point of view. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We're talking Saints here on the day before Christmas uh, Eve. So Merry Christmas. We'll be back after this. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We're talking about that incredible game against Tampa. Uh, one last comment about CJ Gardner Johnson uh, and his taunting and the juice he brings to the to the to the game. I'll never forget, you know, that that picture that was taken of him with his arms crossed, with Brady looking at him, and Brady, Brady couldn't help it. He turned his head and started to laugh. It can't, I mean, it just it just so it's really you, you're thinking, wow, in the moment this is so funny. But then in the in the post game in the post game press conference, I watched it carefully, and you have all these very articulate players that are kind of doing their thing, like Cam Jordan and others. But then when C.J. Gardner Johnson, he's still in character. I mean, he's that's who he is, isn't it? Yeah, he's like that with us all the time, and I I think it's refreshing. I mean, he would be the guy if uh, you know he were on another team. Saints fans would hate him. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I, I think some LSU fans have said that when he played at Florida, they hated him. Uh, but when he's on your team, he's your guy. And again, he's got to back it up, though. Uh, you know, he's, yeah, he's got to be able to make the plays when you when you act like that, and uh, you got to stay within the boundaries. And sometimes he's crossed that line. And I think it's been dangerous, but he didn't. And the whole, whole Saints team, I thought, on Sunday night, did a good job of managing their emotions. They came in very businesslike. Uh, that game in the past has always been very emotional between the teams. It gets chippy, and it crosses the line. Now, I, I reported on that. Ricky, there have been nine personal foul penalties between the teams in the four games right. leading up uh, right. to that, that game on Sunday night. Nine. I mean, so that's a lot. And, and I think the Saints and the Bucks, for that matter, kind of both decided they were going to keep it within the lines for the most part because it never really crossed over. And I thought the officiating crew did a really good job in that game, uh, really managed that game well. You didn't notice the officials at all. Yeah, I thought so too. And they let some – as long as as long as long it was sort of going both ways between a defensive back and a receiver, they didn't call that. Too often they would call those and just kept slowing the game down. And, you know, just – you're right. I mean, I think they did a great job. And, of course, the, you're right because C.J. Gardner-Johnson's guy, if, if you're going to get a personal file, he's the one that's going to get it. And, uh, of course, you know, this this sort of epic showdown between, uh, you know, w- with uh, Mike Evans, of course, you know, that's that's a big deal. And, you know, that – obviously that didn't play out because obviously he ended up getting hurt. Hey, at one point – uh, Tom Brady comes over to Dennis Allen on the sideline, and a lot of you know, there's been a lot of buzz about that on social media. You know, um, you know, lips, lip reading people saying this is what he said, this is what he said. Do you know what he said? No, I don't, and and I think that's very dangerous trying to read what he said. I, I, would, <laughs> I would never want to speculate on something like that. I mean, it's an emotional game. I think they clearly were frustrated. The Bucks were frustrated. And, uh, you know, he probably let his guard down there. There's probably a lot going back and forth that we don't see during a game. Uh, I think he was actually talking to Ryan Nielsen, the defensive line coach, not Dennis Allen. And it's funny because Dennis Allen is is a very stoic guy. He does not talk during the game. I guarantee you, yeah. Sean Payton, if you were at that game, he would have been talking. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way he is wired. I think Ryan Nielsen's a very enthusiastic guy as well. Uh, yeah. But... Um, you know, I, I thought one other thing I, we didn't talk about that I thought was interesting was I thought Taysom Hill did a good job in that game of, you know, he managed just enough big plays to scratch out points. He didn't commit any turnovers. They ran the offense effectively, and they did just exactly what they needed to do to win that game. You know, he, he didn't take any chances once they got the lead, but he made enough big plays. And there were a couple other plays got left on the table because of drop passes. So I think I thought he played exactly the kind of game he needed to to win. 
I, I agree. It's not it's not the game we would like to see. But you know, a couple of times down the field, that was beautiful. You know, right off the bat, he had he, he was over a hundred yards and passing. It really looked good. And by the way, before we move on to the next game. Man, we can't we can't go too far without saying Dennis Allen. What a great job he did of filling in. Unbelievable, huh? Yeah, and I thought he would do just fine. He's been a head coach before. He knows that team. They always have a confident game plan for the Bucks. And look, I, I wrote a column this week. I mean, Sean Payton's fingerprints were all over that game. I mean, he was involved in the game planning all week. Uh, he participated in every bit of the meetings. You know, he was his presence was there. He just wasn't on the sidelines. And I talked to him uh, late Sunday night after the game, and he was ecstatic. Uh, it was really weird for him to not be able to be there. I know he missed it, but I think every player and coach said after the game, we knew exactly what to do because of the standards set by our head coach, Sean Payton. So it was. It just shows you how good a staff they've got. Guys like Dennis Allen, I think, are going to be head coaches again in this league. And uh, I thought the way he managed that game was um, very – exactly what the Saints needed in that game. Of course, Cam Jordan uh, is concerned about that, concerned about losing Dennis Allen, and in the post-game interview, went out of his way to not contribute <laughs> to any positive news about him because he doesn't want him to go anywhere, does he? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I, I think personally he would be happy if he left because he knows that's good for his family, and uh, yeah. you know, it's probably time for him to be a head coach again, uh, but there's no doubt Dennis Allen would be a big loss, but They've groomed Ryan Nielsen from day one to be the replacement for him, and I think it would be an easy transition to Ryan Nielsen as defense coordinator. Okay, let's shift gears. Bottom line on this next game, plus what players are we going to get back? Well, we don't know yet. It's way too early to know. Uh, they've got to get one of those tackles back, Teron Armstead. I don't think Ryan Ramchek is going to play again this year, unfortunately. At least what I'm hearing, it's not good news. So it really comes down to Armstead. Can they get him back? He's been in and out of the lineup. I think he's a critical one. I mean, the defense is intact. Uh, I know they've got a couple of guys that got banged up in that game. Onyemata, I think, had a little bit of an injury. So did uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But nothing, I think, that's going to keep them out this week. And I think as long as the defense returns intact the way it's been playing, uh, they're going to be fine. That's the key. They've got to carry this team the rest of the way. They really have to carry this team all year. They They've let down a few times. Uh, and I think Alvin Kamara will have a bounce-back game. I thought the Bucks did a good job on him. They really shut down the Saints' running game and shut down Taysom Hill to some degree running the ball. And I think uh, Kamara will have a big role this week against Miami. However, we've still got, a, we got another team coming in that's had a hot hand over the last few weeks. So we, we gotta, we've got to bring our A game, don't we? Yeah, I mean, they've won six in a row. They're the hottest team in the NFL, and they are desperate uh, to get back into this playoff race. They're back in it, but they can't afford a mar any margin for error either. So you're going to get an A game from Miami, and I think the defense is going to be key in this game. I keep saying that over and over, but it's, it's imperative. Tua Tagovailoa is a guy that will make mistakes if you pressure him, if you get in his face and force him off the mark and you contain him in the pocket and make him beat you, he will make mistakes. But you've got to do that with energy, effort, and enthusiasm, the way they played on Sunday night. Can't have this sit-back uh, defense the way they've lost some of these games this year uh, when they haven't played with that intensity. I, I think it's going to be critical. And I think having the primetime stage on Monday night will help in that regard. And we should get back uh, Sean Payton for this game. He should be back. 
as a head coach. I think he's due to be back on Saturday, and uh, as long as he can get through the window there. Uh, when I talked to him, he said he was kind of asymptomatic, but he felt really tired. He said he's uh, fatigued a lot, but he is still uh, obviously participating in all the game planning. A couple other quick observations. Number one, you come back to the game last week. Man, our punter is playing lights out right now, isn't he? Yeah, Gilligan was huge in that game, and so was Brett Maher, the kicker. I mean, was three for oh. three was really the difference in the game. Their, their kicker misses that short field goal. That's a huge miss because then all of a sudden it's not a one-score game. So I thought the kicking game, the coverage units were great. And when we talked about the defense, the thing that stood out to me, and this always goes back to intensity, the tackling was as good as I've ever seen it. As soon as a, a Bucks player caught the ball, he went down. There was none of this leaky yardage, yards after catch. That's a sign of focus and intensity. Now, again, bring it again this week. Okay, Chris Collinsworth made an observation that uh, Taysom Hill was feeling too much heat in the pocket, where, where instead of running out of the pocket, he needed to step up in the pocket. What, what's been said about that this week? Nothing that I've seen, but it's it's a good observation. And I thought the same thing was true of Jameis Winston when he played uh, and Trevor Simeon to some degree. That's some of the nuances you and I have talked about on the program before. Drew Brees' you know, ability, he steps into that pocket and helps his offensive line out. Taysom Hill's inexperience showing, abandoning the pocket. And, and the offensive linemen, if you talk to them, Ricky, they'll tell you. I want to know where my quarterback is. I got to know where he's at because I've got my back to him and I'm blocking. And so if you fade in outside like Taysom's done a couple of times, that's on the quarterback, not on the offensive line. And I think sometimes those subtle nuances uh, to quarterback play get lost on the media and the, and the average fan. You and I have been hoping Callaway would step up. You know, you got to admit, uh, boy, did Taysom put a good touch on the ball in those couple of longer passes. But Callaway finally got got the game we've been wait, waiting for. Yeah, he was huge. And that play that they threw where Taysom underthrew it, he did that on purpose. People are, are, are on social media criticizing him. That's a Drew Brees, classic Drew Brees throw. You throw to the open void in the field away from the defenders and let your receiver go get it. And Callaway adjusted beautifully. Huge play in the game, got him their second field goal. It showed a great touch on the ball, it really did. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, have a great Christmas, and uh, we look forward to talking to you after the first of the year. So, yeah, Merry Christmas, Ricky, Kyle, and everyone out there, and uh, look forward to talking to you after a big win this week against the Dolphins. Okay, buddy, take care. Have a great one. We'll see you later. We'll see you after this break with a, David Delk. David Delk's going to join us with some special Christmas music. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.